1: Welcome back to another episode of Kane Collects. And as you guys know, I always say if you can collect it, I'm going to talk about it. And uh, you guys know I, I like sports cards and sports memorabilia and jerseys, but I also love the shoe game. And I'm not as a noted sneakerhead as my next guest, but and I kind of dropped out of the game a little bit because be quite honest with you it's gotten too crazy for me and i kind of like my air max 90s now It's what i roll with but i'm going to introduce my guest right now and his name is vince goodwill nba senior writer for yahoo sports also has his own podcast vince thanks for joining me plug that podcast for the people too
2: hey the podcast the name is the good word with goodwill is on uh, yahoo sports get us wherever you get your podcast on the bald online network and you forgot one other thing What's that? I used to be your intern. <laughs> yeah,
1: that, that is true. A long, long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Vincent was uh, Vinny, skinny Vinny. I think we used to call him too because there was uh, Vince Ellis was writing for the Pistons as well. So we had the differentiate between the two of you guys. And uh, I used yeah, to be you. Skinny.
2: Uh, I ain't skinny no more.
1: <laughs> no one is anymore. Trust me, man. That one, that when we uh, came up, but um. Yeah. So and Vince, obviously you've done really well for yourself. Proud to see where you are. You're at man. It's awesome. And we all, you know, you and I, we shared a love of basketball, even when you're uh, interning with us at the station and you obviously, like I said, you're a noted sneaker head. And I saw actually like a month or two ago, you had, I don't know if you tweeted or posted or whatever, like your top five shoes or like your Mount Rushmore or Jordan's or
2: something like that. Did I just, maybe I did. Maybe I did. Yeah.
1: And so, I mean, why don't you just say, what is your top four, top five shoes in Vince Goodwill's uh, rankings?
2: That's a great question. I don't know if I've ever had to narrow it down like that, but I think if it's top five shoes, man, you're kind of like putting me on the spot, but I I can, I think I can get you from one's got to be the Jordan three. Uh huh. That's the uh, free throw line dunk Jordan in Chicago with the elephant print on the side. Like that was the first Jordan with the Jumpman logo. And if you're from Detroit, I think that's probably that poster on the wall. Yeah, exactly. That's why people can't
1: can't see this, but I got the the Jordan threes right behind me. That's why.
2: (laughs) The crazy thing is, like being from Detroit, like that was like you can't really like the dude. You know what I mean? So it was it was a weird thing. But uh, the Jordan three was probably the number one shoe. Was really comfortable. Just really looks really clean. Um, Another shoe that's in my top five is a little closer to home It's the Fab Five Nike Hirachi, like the shoe that they wore when they went against Duke and, you know, they were making their first run through the NCAA tournament. It was just like the super futuristic shoe. Ironically, Kang, they remade the shoe in 2004 during the Pistons championship run. So the shoe was kind of re- not retrofit, but it was like one of those, hey, this is what it looks like now type of thing if we were to make it today. And it was kind of like the synergy was kind of cool there um number three is anything behind me no nothing what do me. where did the 11s rank for you in the ones the ones not so much I, the ones have come like later because i've never a kang well you I'm didn't grow up
1: with the ones obviously so it's like right. you know
2: there's no nostalgia there right okay. the nostalgia's not there for me the ones have come later because a I can't be wearing flat shoes. Like, that's the thing about getting older. Like, you have to worry about comfort at this stage of your life. You know what I mean? But the 11s are the 11s are probably there. The patent leather Jordan 11s. Like, it was just a futuristic shoe. Nobody had ever really seen that before. And probably my last shoe would be maybe the Penny 2. You know what I mean? The, the Penny Hardaway. Like, he had, like, a great, great shoe line. Uh, when he was in his prime in the mid nineties, like kids loved him. He had the little penny doll and everything else. So those would probably be somewhere around my top four.
1: Yeah. For people that are, that are younger, and don't understand like what kind of Penny hard like, to me, second best shoe line for an athlete ever was Penny Hardaway. And then unfortunately yeah. his career, because the injuries and whatnot got cut short it, but I think had he stayed healthy, obviously his career in the NBA would have been crazy, but I think the shoe, the pop culture shoe phenomenon with him, it wouldn't have been as big as Jordan, but I think it was, I mean, that's the type of style and shoe he had.
2: Well, the crazy thing, King, is I feel like in a way because of scarcity, it's almost become, he's become greater in a way because you didn't see like the longevity of the player, the longevity of the shoe line. Sometimes players stick around so long you get tired of them. You know what I mean? And because there was this man, what if, factor with Penny the same way with Grand Hill although on a, a certainly a different level here locally like all you had is the mythology all you have are the shoes like he had I think Penny's first three or four shoes maybe his first four I think because I've had one of every style back then like going to my freshman year of high school in 98 was the Penny four and I have all those shoes and I wore a Penny three when I went to Jay Alexander yesterday you know what I mean like it's that's that's a great that's just a great it's a comfortable shoe and yeah because of Nike mass producing everything now and slapping huge prices on it. If there's a shoe that came out a long time ago that you really, really liked and you haven't seen that as much since, it almost grows in stature because it's not as accessible.
1: Yeah, it's crazy with Penny because in the card collecting hobby, like here is actually a lot of big time Penny collectors still. Because really, and for guys, yeah, for usually it's like goats that, you know what I mean, like the great, you yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. for like. Uh, Jordan, obviously, you know, those guys will, you know, and then the next guy, who's the next guy? Is it Luca? Uh, you know, though, you know, mm-hmm. Jason Tatum, those guys will be the next, but guys that don't pan out career-wise, they fade off. You don't collect them. Penny Hardaway was a little different. For some reason there are pe- big time penny collectors. There's some big Mac collectors. Um, So really? in the shoe game, yeah, penny though. I mean, the, that's the pop culture. You mentioned you warm to Jay Alexander's. It's crazy how this has become like, I, on, on TV you watch the guys you know the talking heads wear nice jackets nice pants and then they got you know sneakers on like this is how far we've come in this
2: yeah it's crazy and I, I haven't reached the stage of adulthood <laughs> where <laughs> where I'm that comfortable when I go on TV with suits that I'm like okay I'm gonna throw on one of the pair of shoes out of my two shoe closets like I hate to say that I have two shoe closets plus what I have behind me if, if people have ever seen you know the visual version of my podcast I have shoes on the wall but kang it's amazing to see like whether it was like jamel hill and michael smith when they had espn sports center and they were wearing like jordan sixes or jordan ones or something like that and i'm like yo that's not i love the shoes but it's like we shouldn't be doing that on tv like if you're going to see me in my shoes kang nine times out of ten you're going to see me in my shoes walking the streets you know what i mean or you might oh, see
1: i agree i agree with you, you know i think it's kind of like i don't want to be like listen my 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 opinion on fashion is if you could pull it off and you feel good, wear it. So I'm not going to tell you what to wear now, what not yeah. to wear. But personally, I feel like we've kind of gone a bit far now where we're like wearing straight up, you know, basketball shoes with suits. Like, I mean, we have like beyond me, I'm, I'm still going to wear probably the nice dress shoes if I am if I have a suit on. That's just me, though, you know?
2: Yeah. And for me, well, I'm to the stage where I'm wearing going to wear comfortable dress shoes. Once again, go to comfort. But I think in a way, when we were start when we were first starting off doing it, Kane, it was probably because we loved doing it. It wasn't social media out there. It wasn't like this hype attached to it. Now it feels like you're getting a shoe because people are telling you that you should get the shoe. Not because you like the shoe on your own and you figured out oh the release date is coming and I'm going to go and grab it. Like even Kang, the process of acquiring a shoe. You don't go to Foot Locker anymore. You go on the sneakers app. You go on the Nike app and you see if you hit and you're hope and you're trying to be lucky if you hit. And I used to work at a shoe store in high school and in college. And so that was A, I was getting a discount. B, I was meeting girls. C, you know what I mean? I was able to stash my size 12 in the back so... If yep. I needed to wait to buy them, I could get them. But now, ain't no stashing no shoes. You better get them at ten a.m.
1: Yeah, you got to get a bot or something because I mean, there's a Chris Brown song that says, "I was like Jordan's on Saturdays." No, you don't wait on Saturdays anymore. It's a
2: you know, it's a it's Tuesdays now yeah. or, or, or quick strikes. It's it's you wake up on your phone like sometimes if you had the same like me and my friends ironically wear the same size, so they would text me and be like, "Hey, quick drop at." in 9.45 or something like that. I'm like, what shoe is coming out at 9.45? And you'll look and you'll get the notification or something like that and it'd be a race. Who got the shoe? Did did you hit, did you hit, did you hit, did everybody else hit? Then somebody's got an extra shoe sitting around somewhere. Like I got those air raids behind me. That was not a shoe that I wanted. That was a shoe somebody else wanted. And it was a shoe that I just wound up sticking with during the pandemic when I was just buying. I was about to start cursing. That's why I was just buying stuff during the pandemic because I was bored.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, we have these shock drops now all of a sudden, things like that. You got to be by your phone. I mean, uh, I work with Evan. You know, Evan, he's a big sneakerhead, and he'll let me know about him. Hey, 10 o'clock, you better get your phone out. I'm like, oh, my God, are you serious? Like, I can't do this all day. I got – like, I'm supposed to be an adult now. I'm supposed to be doing other (laughs) stuff. Like, I can't sit there and do this. But, like I said, that's how far this – this pop culture phenomenon is coming on and you, you mentioned people just wearing them cause they are cool and they're trendy and whatnot. I'm, and I'm sure there's so many kids now that don't, never even saw Jordan play even as a mm-hmm. wizard and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But how do you feel like, so I mentioned like guys wearing sneakers and shoes with suits on, how do you feel about like older, generation wearing the younger snooze i mean I, I don't think shoes will ever not be cool but i mean right. how is that affecting like when i see and let's just bring it to sports when i see basketball old basketball coaches trying to relate with their players and wearing it. i'm like ah that's not a good look you don't have to wear it you don't have to do this you know
2: well here's the problem kang at some point me and you will become older gentlemen and then you're going to be like all right do i wear the shoes that the young guys wear if the answer is yes, then A, it has to be because you actually like them. If you're trying to look like the old dude in the club, you're going to stick out like the old dude in the club. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to give up my gym shoes because it's because I turned 45, you know what I, Like there may be, don't get me wrong. I've diversified my shoe portfolio. You know what I mean? Like I'm we- I wear different things, but if it's a matter of, you know, comfort, if it's a matter of like style and it's just part of your style, and that's one thing. But like you said, you can tell when somebody's looking awkward with it. You know what I mean? But at the same time, hopefully I'm not some 70 year old out yeah. on whatever the app is of the time or whatever, whatever we're doing 25 <laughs> years from now or 30 years. Yeah. yeah 30, right. 35 years, whatever it is, you know what I mean? That yeah. type of thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, that's why I told you, I kind of gradually switched to just airbags in a way, you know, and I, I got my old Jordans, of course, and I'll break them out the ones every now and then, but like my everyday shoes, you know, mostly air max stuff, even if I go on vacation, because the one reason you mentioned comfort, man, those things are like the most comfortable shoe for me. Um, yeah. The ones are like the flat shoes. I'm not, I don't love those necessarily either. So I, I totally I
2: love the Jordan fours, but they are so flat that I will not buy another pair. Like the pairs that I have, I may wear because they're broken in and everything else. But the Jordan Force, which stylistically, like I like how they look, but they don't go on my feet. So my Nike Freeze, my Nike Air Maxes, whatever that new Air Max is. To like work out in or run in i'll make sure i grab at least one of those and that'll be the shoe that i wear to run you'll see me in those shoes kane more than you see me in like the great shoes that i have you know what have, i mean yep
1: me too me too so speaking of purchasing shoes you mentioned you had two closets and all that stuff how often does vince goodwill buy shoes and what shoes are you looking for i mean you're looking for the newest drops or are you like hey i can wait or how's it go for that's you? a
2: great question because i made a resolution to myself that you know i'm like i'm turning A milestone number of age this year. It's like a round number. So I'm like, okay, if I'm going to turn this round number of age and I'm still a single man, right? I didn't want to be the old man in the club, like buying everything every other Saturday. Cause they, the shoes come out, Kang, far more often than they used to. Like the the whole thing about scarcity. So for me, I buy a basketball shoe just in case I want to hoop. Like Mm -hmm. once you're getting to the age where you're like, hey, when you step out there, you might. Bust your Achilles. And that's a life injury. That ain't a basketball injury. That's a, that destroys your life type of thing. But for me, I wanted to buy maybe like limit myself to like six pair of shoes this year. You know what I mean? But there yeah. are some shoes that I desperately, I'm going to say desperately. There's some shoes I really, really want. There's the, uh, there's some Carolina Jordan nines that are coming, I think in March. Um, that's a, a a shoe that's a must it's another carolina jordan shoe i feel like i'm like loading up on the same style it's the carolina jordan 11 that I actually bought Kang in 2014 when I still lived in Detroit the first time. I still have the shoe, haven't worn it less than four or five times, and I want the newer style of it for whatever reason. Like, it's dumb. It doesn't make sense. Like, collecting shoes and having two closets full of shoes yeah, does not make sense. But it's something that, you know what I mean, I, I like doing. And there's a couple of Air Maxes, again, that I'm just that i just going to love to buy. And a penny, a penny, if you remember the penny phone passes, the very first ones.
1: Oh, yeah, uh-huh.
2: The blue ones, I want to get those. The Atlantic blue penny Phone posits, those will be uh, a must pick up. So those, out of the six or seven I'll buy this year, those are like three or four of them.
1: Do you have any shoes that you have not worn or won't wear or, or anything, mm. you know, or you wear all your shoes that you buy? Like, hey, this is, uh, you know, it's not an investment. This is like, hey, I love these shoes. I'm going to wear them.
2: I'm not one of those guys. I kind of sit in the middle, Kane, because I'm not one of those guys like, hey, if I'm spending $200 on something or 150 on something, like, A, a shoe is going to deteriorate. Like, you see people all the time and, they, like, held on the shoes for 10 or 15 years, and then the soles are coming off. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't make sense. And I've worn a shoe, like, to play basketball, and i to tried a, um, a Jordan 18, and I just bought it because I was buying shoes at the time. And I was like, I looked in the closet one day. I was like, oh, I'll just throw these on to go hoop at the gym. And the shoe came apart at the heat, you know what I mean, at the toe. And I was, and that was like 10 or whatever years ago. And I was like, you know what? If you're going to spend $200 on something buy them. Now what I do is I keep them clean and I have enough that I don't have to just wear the same shoe over and over and over again. But I'm not the person that keeps my shoes like a museum. Uh You know what I mean? Like if I'm spending some money, like I need to get some wear out of it to make it feel like it's worth my while. But I do know people, I have a close friend who's bought a pair of Jordan threes, Kang, no lie. He bought a pair of Jordan threes in 2018. The Black Cement Jordan 3s has not worn them one time. I said, why did you buy them? Why?
1: What, what's he waiting for?
2: I don't know. Somewhere to go. I don't know, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like he You know what all the, the thing d- is? Like
1: you said, you keep them clean and all that. As soon as you put them on, you're like, you don't want anyone to scuff them, step on them. You know what I mean? You're like avoiding, you know, what is it? Is that a piece of gum? Is that a bug? Whatever. You don't want to be like that either. These are meant to be used, but some people right. want them as clean as possible, I guess.
2: Yeah, but there, there's, a, there's a way to minimize, like, I ain't running around in puddles or nothing like that. You know what I mean? You're normally getting in a car from one place to another. It's not like when I lived in New York where you're really pounding the pavement. You're yeah. going into the subway and stuff like that. So that's a different level of you know wearing tear but in michigan where you know we drive cars for a living <laughs> you know what i mean like it's a little different so you understand that oh if the shoe is a year old or whatever and it's got a couple of scuffs on them big whoop like get your money's worth out of whatever you're doing because if you're buying them just to hold them and keep them in your basement or keep them in your closet that does no good for you or anybody else ain't no woman gonna be impressed by how many shoes you got if she ain't never seen you wear them
1: so you're you know you've been around the league a lot you've seen a lot of nba players and shoes people that don't know pj tucker is one of the most notable shoe collectors on on the planet let alone in the nba like he's got a Mm -hmm. collection worth like you know well well into the six figures like that that guy loves shoes pj tucker have you seen a locker or who are other notable collectors in the league and where you're like, oh, this guy, you know, people don't know about this guy or they just got a lot of shoes. That don't have to be just Nike shoes, obviously, because all these guys have brands, you know, they, yeah, they yeah. have their own shoe lines. So who else is in the league that you know that is a notable sneakerhead as well?
2: Well, believe it or not, and I don't know if I can say his name because he's suspended right now. But Isaiah Stewart is a pretty big <laughs> shoe guy. Like he will engage you in conversations at his locker, you know, after a game and just say, Hey, you know, if he sees I'm wearing a shoe or something like every now and again, I'll like bust out a shoe. I may wear like a cactus Jack or something like that for, or something just to, just cause I happen to see it in the closet. Like, Oh, I haven't worn a shoe in a while and I'll wear it to a game and he'll like, Hey, you know, when you get them, like that sort of thing. And you'll go back and forth with him and he, and he's the type that'll try to pick up stuff. So he's like, man, man, this guy tried to sell me some Rip. Remember when Rip used to have the PEs with Jordan Brand and the Pistons were really going, so he would get all the shoes. Yeah. Someone tried to. He said someone tried to sell him a Rip PE for twenty five thousand dollars, and he was like, "Are you out of your mind? <laughs> you know, what I'm like you are trying to rip me off, like that sort of thing." Alec Burks, who was just traded, I was told I didn't really get a chance to see it as much, but I was told he was a guy that had a lot of a lot of them. Um, I mean, people know about the LeBrons and the KD, like KD is just one of those aficionados. He would go to a point where he would have a lot of them just sitting around or talking about him. You know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. Devin Booker, same thing. Devin Booker, who wanted to be a Piston at, for a long time and the Pistons refused to draft him. Story for another day, right? You know what I mean? I mean we there's a look- lot
1: of those players, Vince. There's a lot of those players that, oh, I thought the Pistons were going to draft me. I wanted to go to the Pistons. Yeah. It's like, as like I said, that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, we're not going to let you draft. leave without talking some basketball uh, of course, before the of end of this. So, but go on. Yeah,
2: but those are but those are the, those are a few of the guys that I've seen. Like when you go in the locker room where you just engage them in conversation, and you're like, oh, OK, yeah, you you're in it. Like it's some guys who just get shoes because Nike sends them to them or Adidas or Under Armour. And then there's guys who are really. A part of it, and really, I'm gonna say historian on it, but they know who wore what and what the significance of a shoe is. So you appreciate that. That's a way to kind of connect with guys, even as a journalist, to strike up a conversation in a way. Because you know, came for a long time. I was the I was the youngest guy in the locker room. You know what I mean? So you connect with the younger guys in there, and the, one of the threads that you would pull on sometimes is cultural stuff or shoes or whatever. So yeah, that would that would be a thing.
1: So obviously Nike has a pretty good hold on the shoe market in sports. Um, just speaking specifically at basketball, though, where do you see, do you see the other brands? Cause athletes are venturing out to, Hey, who can make me not necessarily, not just more money, but who can, you know, make me a bigger brand. Who can make me more of a importance? Like, so Steph with Under Armour or clay when he went overseas, mm-hmm. um, you know, Adidas guys, Reebok guys, what do you see? Do you see the other markets and shoe guys, like kind of dipping into it a little bit
2: more here? they're trying but i think it's it's part of it where there's nike and then there's jordan brand and a lot of guys would tell me quietly i wanted to be a jordan brand guy but they wouldn't pay enough Or i wanted to be a jordan brand guy but michael didn't want me like that sort of thing you know what i mean where it like a boutique brand if you think about it to some degree you know what i mean where it's very selective where some guys would be on the brand but they wouldn't have a shoe like they would be unofficially there um and if you think about most of the guys who have their own sort of boutiques like Steph, Steph was a Nike guy for a long time and then Nike botched their presentation to him. So he went off to Under Armour and Kevin Durant, when he was a sneaker free agent, but it was a restricted free agent, Under Armour made him a crazy offer. He signed it and Nike had a right, a first refusal. So they re-signed KD and then ramped up his line in that way. So there's been companies trying to place a foothold in the market you know but nike holds such a huge share they they probably own Kane, probably about 60 to 70 percent of the market share and then everybody else is sort of fighting for second place and the question is if you're going to get a foothold in the market you have to go two ways you have to either market to kids or you have to market overseas adidas has marketed overseas that's why you see james harden shoe in china taking off in ways that you don't really see it here, but you see that his shoes globally have moved. Anthony Edwards, you wonder if he's going to wind up making, you know, the China trip in that way. But Stephen Curry, when he first got with Under Armour, those first couple of years when the Golden State Warriors took off, he wasn't big with people our age or, you know, the the basketball playing age. He was big with the kids. And kids were playing with his shoe, like my, my nephew who was, maybe seven or eight at the time going to his games and shoes he was asking me for. It's like, Hey, I want this underarm. And I'm like, these orthopedic look shoes. You you know what I mean? Like it just, it it didn't look right. But I think that's the way as far as the next frontier is you're either marketing the kids or you're marketing overseas because Nike holds such a big stronghold here. And finally, unless someone puts real money into marketing, remember Nike used to have those really, really cool linear commercials where they honestly help the NBA with their marketing of their superstars, where you learn more about Charles Barkley and David Robinson through their commercials, than actually through their play and what they said, if Adidas or Under Armour puts more money into linear marketing, then the players will develop as brands that way.
1: Yeah, I I think competition is great in all aspects of aspects of life. Mm-hmm. So as much as I like Jordan and I like Nike brand, I do appreciate competition because it makes them, you know, doesn't l- let them rest on their laurels and get you know, lazy and things like that and take the customer for granted. So I like that. Ant-Man went out and got his own shoe. But the thing is you mentioned all these guys that secretly they grew up watching Nike and Jordan. So they want to be those athletes. But then in the end, they also want their own shoe line. So I know D book is Nike guy. He's just finally getting yeah. his own shoe. So that's great for him, you know, but it takes some time for some people. Kyrie George
2: used to have a shoe. Who? and He had He had a great shoe line. Like, like some of his shoes, when I was still playing a lot, his first shoe was excellent. Like Nike gave me a pair because they just wanted me to test them and try them out. And I said, these feel great. And I talked, to, I ran into him and he said, yeah, my deal was for, you know, four years or five years or whatever it was to get a signature shoe. And they and after that, the shoe line was done. You know, Kyrie Irving used to have a shoe line. And that was huge with the kids. Again, Kyrie Irving, uh, John Morant, their shoe lines are sh- big with the kids because they're normal sized human beings. John Morant is a whole different story for another day, I suppose. But Devin Booker is in that same Sort of lineage of guys who aren't Mike or you know the super super big guys, but they have a sense of style. They have a distinct shoe, and people sort of gravitate to them. Giannis and the Kumpo as well.
1: Yeah, I was just mentioning Kyrie. I thought he had one of the best looking shoes. Actually, that shoe line was great, and then that whole thing how obviously happened with Kyrie and Nike, and you know even the league or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. that was unfortunate as far as shoe collectors are concerned because. That shoe line, I have a few of his shoes. I have, I ball in his shoes. I, I Nike ID'd a couple of Kyrie's actually. Oh wow! So, yeah, so I have. I mean, I got the Kang ones. I call them. So, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: These
1: are one of ones, my
2: friends. They got K one on the. They they got K one on the side. Nobody would know that they they stand for Kang. You exactly. know what I mean?
1: Trust me, trust me. And they're game used, so uh, maybe I'll auction them off one day. But yeah, I mean, those are. I know I think guys, they want their own shoe line. They want signature shoes. So I hope uh, New Balance, Under Armour, Reebok, Adidas, all those guys, you know, they get in this. And I think the more the merrier. It's best for Absolutely. everyone. And if you're a shoe collector or sneakerheads like, uh, you know, yourself and I, but you get more styles, more, you know. I, I think competition is great. So I hope that does happen.
2: You say, it, the, So you say comp- we say competition is great until it like hits us.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, well, Nike will be fine. And I think you and I will be fine too. Of so course, of course.
2: We'll let's, speaking
1: right. of, speaking of competition, I like to say, I can't let you get away without talking a little basketball and Pistons. First off competition, there was none in the NBA all-star game. Okay. So I get it. Listen, it's an exhibition game. The all-star or the, the skill stuff, the three-point contest, the dunk contest. I'm not even going to complain about that to me. Cause that's like hit or miss, you know, but yeah, I think yeah. it's still, I, to me, I don't care what anyone says. The dunk contest is still the main event because you never know when you get Zach Levine versus Aaron Gordon and sometimes like a heavyweight fight, you get a a boring fight no one gets knocked out, but sometimes you get, you know, a knockout where everyone's talking about forever. So to me, I'm not crazy worried about the dunk contest. My only opinion is get younger judges, but that's just me. Okay. Um, Secondly, though, the game itself, I do think as a basketball fan that is in jeopardy of like the Pro Bowl at the NFL because we all understand these guys make a ton of money. I think we're in a problem right now where we're in a ring culture. So, guys do want, because if you don't win a ring, you suck. And so, yes. these guys hear yes. that. And I feel bad for them because everything is on the playoffs. It's not even on the regular season anymore, let alone an all star game. So, you can offer these guys money and you can offer these guys home court advantage. You can do the US versus the world. None of that will matter unless the mentality changes with the players where they're like, this is my opinion, Vince. If yeah. they're like, you know what, I want to compete. I want, you know, I want to play like Kobe style. Right. So is there a way to change the NBA all-star game or do you think like they got to take it away and then give it back or something?
2: Hey, it's I think taking it away a is a bit extreme. B it'll never happen because it's like the second biggest moneymaker for the league outside of the playoffs. Like it's just a sponsorship bonanza. Right. I think unfortunately where the all-star game has failed is not just rings culture, but social media culture where you will see it with kids all the time now as I see it with younger players or young or coaches of younger teams where players play not to get embarrassed. They don't want to get crossed over. They don't want to get dunked on because they don't want people bagging on them on Instagram or bagging on them on Twitter, and competition is no longer like the first thing. You know what I mean? Like they're just worried about, man, if I – if I try too hard here. You don't want to be a meme or a gif or something, right? Yeah, that's and, that, and it's unfortunate that that's what it comes down to for a lot of these guys is they don't want to do that. Like, I remember an all-star game that's not that long ago where Kobe Bryant got his nose broke by Dwayne Wade. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, like yep. those guys might be monuments now, and Kobe, you know, God rest his soul and all that. But in that same game, Kang, LeBron refused to take a last second shot and everybody jumped on his ass for not taking the last second shot. Even Kobe who was guarding him. Like the crowd stood up. Everybody was ready for LeBron versus Kobe. LeBron hadn't won a championship yet. And there was supposed to be like something symbolic, something beautiful about that, even in a meaningless exhibition game. But guys are so afraid of random Twitter bot coming at them or faceless Twitter person coming at them. And it's partially the fans fault too, because fans get a little reckless online. And sometimes that translates to being reckless in person, like someone with Kevin Durant the other day, you know what I mean? Like, like there is a culpability from everybody, but I think the biggest thing is you can change the format to us versus international. You can do all those things. You can make it, you know, four teams where you're playing half court, you can do all those different things, Kang. But if the players don't care, if they don't, act as if, A, this is a property that's been bequeathed to us that we have to build on for next generations or future generations. It does not matter. Like the All-Star Game used to matter because those guys knew it was big to market the league. Now these guys, like you said, the money has gotten greater and there's a sense of entitlement now, to be perfectly honest.
1: No, you're right, because... Like I said, it is a mentality thing, and you can't force the guys. Like, I'm not asking them to play Game 7 of the NBA Finals out there. I yeah. get that. But, I mean, like, ch- get in front of somebody. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. Yeah. You know, instead of, like, you, it's a layup line. You're just mad, not even mad at our defense. I mean, they're just letting You're not even there. By.
2: You're not even there. Yeah. All it's well, going to take I is one mean... dude to swat somebody's stuff. Oh, I was about to cuss again. It's going to take is <laughs> one dude to swat somebody's stuff just out to half court. Yeah. And everybody's juices are going to get going. You know what I mean? Like, one person to compete. And then it's going. He's going to shame you into competing, and hopefully, it trickles down to everybody. Yeah, everybody's exactly. too cool nowadays. Yep,
1: I, I think you need like two or three or four guys to be like, "Yo, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this game over. If they don't stop me, it's on them. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm, I'm d'ing up. I'm, I'm yep. I don't care. He ain't scoring on me. And yep. so that, like I said, if that happens, then I think just a little bit more competitiveness, I think people will be okay. Like I said, it doesn't have to be Game Seven the NBA yeah. Finals. Um, but, like, uh, you know, the Elam ending, I remember that. That kind of helped a little bit. Because if it's close at the end, then you're kind of trying then at that point. Like, all right, we're within 10. Here's the number. You know, that I thought that was something that might have helped, you know.
2: Um, yeah, it, they, was, it was. But that was, like, the 2020 All-Star game in Chicago. And I was at that game. That was one of the greatest endings. Like, it was tense and all of that stuff. Uh, even Cleveland, I think in 22 or 23, whatever that was. I'm, I'm, losing, I'm losing my you know, Salt Lake City was last year. So Cleveland in 22, that was close. Like Steph scored 50, but it was close at the end. So guys got into it. The All-Star yeah. game in Chicago, that was in the aftermath of Kobe Bryant's death. So it was emotion filled, field and guys were trying to do it for something greater than themselves and all this other type of stuff. And it was charities involved. So guys were into the Elam ending for the first time. But once the novelty wore off, you didn't know what to expect. So it's it's unfortunate. And sometimes someone's going to have to grab those guys and tell them, hey, this is bigger than you
1: um this is going a little further if it's close at the end like they'll try but the problem is getting it keeping it close in the end right going way back if you remember that i think it was 2001 i know it's like a while ago the east versus the west oh yeah and then, um it was Kobe and Stefan Marbury going at it. It was crazy. I urge you, if you're listening right now and you never heard or t- heard about the 2001 NBA, NBA All Star game, please look up that fourth quarter. It was insane. These are the best, the best. And they were D'ing up. It was awesome. They were doubling Kobe to get the ball out of his hand.
2: Yeah, they did. The last play. They And that, that was funny story, Kang. That was the game that got the Kimbe Mutombo, who was actually an Atlanta Hawk at the time. Because he played so well against Tim Duncan and not Shaq. Shaq was hurt. Tim Duncan and Chris Webber and Kevin Garnett. Philly traded for him like a week after the All-Star game. Because they were like, oh, no, this dude can help us get to the finals. Like, that's how much the game meant, even on a micro standpoint. Because everybody thought the East was inferior. The East took it personally. They went out there and competed. And boom, we had the greatest ending of an All-Star game we've ever seen.
1: People, you should see they came back from 20 plus down and they celebrated. Like Allen Iverson, these guys were jumping around hugging each other, celebrating an all-star victory. It was it was amazing. I don't know if we'll ever get back to that, but I mean I see that it was there at one point. So
2: we sound um, like an old man now.
1: Yeah, exactly. hundred <laughs> percent Yeah. It's like trust me, it happened, people. Um all right. So speaking of uh no competition too is the Detroit Pistons, man. I mean, just Straight up, is there hope for this franchise? I mean, I was a big Troy Weaver guy. I actually think he's a really good scout and can spot talent. For the most part, we're going to miss yeah. it, hit and miss here or there. But as far as a general manager and a direction of a team and building a roster, that cohesive roster that can win games, I'm not sure I believe in this guy anymore. Do Pistons fans, do they have any hope?
2: I mean, hope is like belief in sight unseen or something.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Post your free job on
2: linkedin.com slash recommend today. Like that. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't see it on the floor, right? I think there are things that have gotten right, but there are so many things that they have yet to fix. And it's one thing to be a good scout and a talent evaluator. It's another thing to have a direction of a franchise where everybody's on the same page. You can manage up to the owner. You can manage up to an arm, tell them, and then you can manage down to coaches, to scouts, to other executives, to set a course and set a culture. Those are two totally different things. You know what I mean? And I I think the franchise, sometimes when they get one thing right, they get another two things wrong. And Troy, I think, has always, if you looked at his draft resume, it feels like when he's got a top 10 pick, he's going to take the biggest swing possible. That's Killian Hayes, 19 years old, youngest player in the draft, overseas, not many people knew about him, as opposed to a Tyrese Halliburton who – People didn't see having this level of ceiling. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think that he disliked Tyrese. No, I think
1: I th- people thought Tyrese was a solid player, but you're right about the ceiling. They didn't think, man, this guy could be an MVP one day. You know, no way.
2: No, they didn't see that. They, and and every people can lie to themselves and say, ah, I knew it. We should have drafted him." I remember there being controversy around the pick, but let's be honest about it. The problem is Kang, we're not going to be held accountable for our thoughts on the outside. It's, their job to know these things, and for me, for Piston fans, I'm sure they would just want the organization to be going in one direction and for everybody to go in that direction. You know what I mean? Do they want Jay Nyvey? Did they want to draft Jay Nyvey? Did they want Mati Williams? Or did, Was that the owner? You can't have all of those differing – agendas in some ways or different thoughts. Like everybody's entitled to the different opinions. We all, we all want the same thing, but we all have different opinions on how to get there. But as long as you have an organizational ethos for everybody to follow and believe in, then we can have healthy disagreements within that structure. You know what I mean? So you have cap space this summer. They did not use their cap space last summer and it backfired. right? Oh, let's trade for Joe Harris. Let's not overspend. Okay, cool. You're not in cap hell but you don't have players that you can augment with your young talent. And the clock is ticking on a guy like Kay Cunningham, because he's going to be up for an extension after this year. You, of course, you're going to have to, I would assume, going to have to offer him the max because he's the number one pick, the face of the franchise and everything else. Then you're going to have decisions to make with Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran. Those guys are coming up right around the corner. So the clock is always ticking and the East is only getting better. So hope, maybe.
1: I think that you can, listen, you can sell people on the young court. You mentioned three guys right there, Ivy, Duran, and Cade. The issue is obviously they haven't won. And surrounding them with the right veteran talent to help this team grow and win because people will say, oh, they need adults in the room or they need veterans. No, they need players that happen to have played in the league. They can't just grab a Joe Harris or, and, you know, a bogey. Like, bogey was good. You know, he, he could shoot yeah. and all that stuff. But they need players that can help them win. It's enough with the – Tutoring and all that stuff. They, they I mean, mean it
2: does it does help because a eighty two games is a long stretch of time, and young guys don't know how to be professionals because they're not spending three years in college. They're not even. Some guys don't even go to no go to college at all. Like Asar Thompson, who I really like, mind you, didn't go in a college sort of atmosphere. These guys are professionals at a very young age, but it's the difference between being a professional at a young age and then being an NBA professional. You're going to have to learn some things. You have to learn how to take care of your body, learn how to navigate certain things. So yeah, there is value there, but it helps that the vets can play. It helps like, you know how hard it is. Like it's hard to build a team that has a bunch of big men and not one of them can protect the realm. That is a hard task. (laughs) to do you know what i'm saying like it is like and you can't have all these lottery picks and by lottery picks i don't mean like literal lottery picks i mean guys that you that you're saying man this guy if this guy works out this guy works out i get you have to take a chance every now and again but you can't have all of those projects because you feel like you can't acquire anybody like you have to think more of your organization to say that we can acquire players that aren't on that aren't so I won't say undervalued, but you can't say I'm the smartest guy in a room. This guy hasn't figured it out yet, but he's going to figure it out here. Okay, go ahead and try it. And see what you find yourself.
1: Yeah, the reclamation projects. I mean, those are like, they're nice stories, but they're harder said than done. I mean, there's a reason why it didn't work out the first time for a, mm-hmm. most of these guys, you know? And I was a guy that, you know, maybe these were pipe dreams, but like you know, get get a Jalen Brunson and get you know getting those sweepstakes where you guys like you know can play. Someone else did the work for you. They you know right. they got this guy to be the, the, an all star or whatever. You don't have to be that guy, but hey, I hope the Pistons season gets better. I hope we moving forward. I you know I think it's a it's a better sports town in Detroit when the Pistons are good.
2: Absolutely. Well, so it get look it gives people in the winter something to do.
1: Exactly. When,
2: and yep. in the spring it gives people something to look forward to. And there hasn't been good basketball in this town for a long time. Like, I don't know when exactly, I, I, I'm i going to say the stat, but there was 15 years between 89 and 04, right? 15 years between 04 was 2019. We're four years past that. And it it seems like it's been even longer. It's it seems crazy. like it's been 30 years since the Pistons have had a, a contending team, and it's been too long before playoff basketball to not be here, there needs to be some accountability.
1: Yep, absolutely, it's time for the Pistons to crash the party again, and uh, patience has run thin, man. But uh, uh, yo, I appreciate we're gonna get, we can get more into that. I'll have you. would love to have you back on, Vince. If you if you come back on. Of course. Your uh, your new pick, shoe pickups. <laughs> I'll
2: put them on, I'll put them on the wall next time.
1: Yeah. All right, man. Well, it sounds good. I appreciate it. Make sure you guys read the stuff at Yahoo Sports. Check out his podcast as well. You guys know here at the podcast, download an Odyssey, you know, um Spotify, Apple Play, you know, Apple, Google Play, all that stuff, wherever you get your podcast. As always, keep collecting, collect what you love. You can't go wrong. <laughs>